0: Oh, what's good? What's happening, Rush Nation? It's episode 69 of Five Yard College. It's me and Ash once again. We're here. We've got you covered. Week seven is now in the books, Ash. I mean, it feels like only yesterday that it was week zero, and we were we were just getting into the season. We're seven weeks in now. Stuff is really starting to be ironed out. And we had a massive shock. It's it's uh, it wouldn't be college football without that massive shock because this week, this season, as we've mentioned. Bananas. It's 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 everything we hoped college football could be. How are you doing, man?
1: Yeah, I'm doing really good. Thank you, really good. Yeah. It's, uh it seems to be every week we're getting a, a top ten team getting beaten in the rankings, which is really unusual, but it's it's, it's entertaining for the masses, but obviously not so entertaining for the uh, for the fans of the schools that lose each week. But no, another another. Another exciting week and some big results again, like much like last week. Not quite as extreme as last week, but there are some decent results that have come
0: out of the uh, of the week's games. Yeah, I mean, last week we were, you we and I sat here and you asked me the question at the end of the pod whether I could see Iowa not making the playoffs. You know, we talked about how pretty much cupcake their run in was, and then they yeah. go and get stamped this week by Purdue. It's just
1: yeah, crazy, really crazy. I, I I honestly thought they were a lock in. I really did. And just like that. Well, you so, know,
0: I wasn't sure. And you convinced me by running yeah. ran through the schedule and stuff. And then all of a sudden they're out. They're <laughs> they're gone. And it, it's a strange, strange time in college football. I mean, what was it? Seven, eight this week of the top 25 lost in the rankings. So the rankings had a good old shuffle this week. And yeah, whether it be for the showdown, you know, our fantasy competition or just if you've got alternate line spread bets, there's just, I think there's there's madness out there at every turn. And it's, I'm, for a first season, fully invested with yourself. This is as, as good as it can absolutely get. I mean, we do have to point out at this point in the podcast or visual, however you are soaking in this excellence. It's uh, We are sponsored by Manscaped. If you're in the market for a male grooming product, head over to manscaped.com. Fill up your basket with whatever you so wish. Use the code 5YARD to get 20% off your order and free global shipping. So we haven't quite reached Mars yet, but it is planet Earth. We got you covered. Ash, let's do some news. Last week, there was just the single bullet point on on the show doc, and we managed to stretch that out. This week, there's four. So if we go long again, you know, it's because the news is four times as long this week. But I mean, it's... The news this week, there's two two bits which I think are, are hugely relevant and then two bits which are a uh, sort of week-to-week bit. But we'll start with, with uh, LSU and Ed Ogeron. We mentioned it was only a matter of time until Edo was out the door at LSU. And it's official after the programme have confirmed that the head coach will not be returning for the 2022 season. Audrey is going to finish his fifth year with the programme before walking away. And it is reported that he will receive his entire $17 million buyout clause. Now, this, this is big news for not just LSU, who are having a down year after their two years ago now, their Natty Champ win. You know, it he hasn't had it going the way it did with Joe Burrow. But then to replicate that would have been hugely difficult with the talent they have lost over the last few years. So Number one, Ash, is this good or bad news for LSU? And then bouncing off the back of that, is Ed O going to find himself a head coaching job somewhere else? Do we imagine? Uh, yeah, I think he'll find himself another role uh, somewhere in college.
1: Um, he is a good, he is a good coach. He's shown that he's had a tough time at LSU. Arguably, the the, the recruitment over the last couple of years has even not or hasn't panned out. Or just been injury central which we'll get on to later and obviously losing a lot of people after that after that national championship didn't help and they, from the sounds of it despite the fact they got the win this week it it, it, it was almost writing on the wall his relationship with the higher-ups at LSU has been strained for a, for a while now due to on the field uh, lack of production. So we say, and also I think some stuff going on behind the scenes and also what's been come, what's come out over the last few months, uh, in relation to him. So it did seem a matter of time. You mentioned it last week when they lost that we, f- we thought his time was almost up and, and it will be by the end of the year. And and to be honest, potentially, if it really doesn't, st- if it doesn't go well uh, over the next few games, it might be earlier. I can't imagine. So it sounds like they've got an agreement um, that, that he is gone at the end of the year. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them pull the trigger any earlier than this. But just obviously watch this space because you really never know.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it seems as almost as if this has been in the pipeline, like you say, for a little while now, when it's just, just been reported this week, regardless of the result of Florida, because if it was hinging on the result, then the good win that they got against Florida, then perhaps he, he might not have, this news might not have dropped. So, maybe this was just when they were going to drop it anyway and uh, and this is how regardless of result this was when it was going to be so yeah i mean on a similar vein i've got a segue quickly because i dropped it at the very end of last week's pod so if you didn't listen to the end you don't know this news this is the last podcast that has been appear on the five yard college channel for a little while now we're moving everything over to the five yard rush channel just to consolidate all of our resources and help us to reach more people because the college game needs more love and there's more people over there currently. So we're looking for support from you guys. And as I said last week, what's the worst that's going to happen? You learn about college players that are coming into the NFL next year or in a few years that could possibly end up on your fantasy team. So it's win-win for everybody. But if you are listening on the five yard college channel, please, please do go and subscribe to five yard rush, the channel over there where you can still catch us dropping every Wednesday morning. Ash, the second bit of news Syracuse quarterback Tommy DeVito has announced via social media that he has entered the transfer portal. DeVito started the first three games of the season for the Orange before being benched by Mississippi State's transfer Garrett Schrader. DeVito has not played in the past four games. Now, this is news to me. I'm not really plugged into Syracuse too much. Have they been much better with Schrader under center? Uh, not overly, no. Um, I mean, there's not
1: a great deal of expectation at the moment with Syracuse. Um, but I thought that they obviously decided after the first few game, first few games that veto was not for them. He, he came off a, he missed the last seven games last year he, due to injury. Came in, came in this year. Didn't, yeah, didn't do overly well. Um, he, in all honesty, I think it, it, now they've played. Well, three games for DeVito and four games for Schrader. From what I can see, there wasn't really a great deal of difference. If anything, DeVito was possibly better. I mean, he had a better completion, but he wasn't getting the touchdowns. But again, it's Syracuse. So the weapons aren't really there. They're a run first game. I think the the benefit that Schrader has under centre is he can use his legs. Um so that is possibly a reason why that they've leaned towards him after the start from DeVito. I'm not. I'm not surprised to see him go. He's. Uh, is he, I think he's third, second, or third year. So he's he's obviously running out of time, and he wants to go and find a. He wants to go and find a a, a final. He's a junior, so he wants he wants one last year somewhere else to try and show what he's got. Uh, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be, I think if he lands anywhere, he's going to be a bench player
0: but he might just want to be trying his luck somewhere else in the off season. And this is completely indicative of the the way we're seeing the transfer portal used now. And the same with the name, image and likeness. It's if you aren't the starting quarterback for your team, you're going to bounce and try and get yourself a gig elsewhere. Even if Tommy DeVito does end up on the bench by transferring, he's going to give himself a shot. Whereas if he is now behind Garrett Schrader at Syracuse, that's, that's where it's going to end up for him. So, the fact that you can now transfer mid-season, this isn't a surprise at all, really, is it?
1: No, no, not at all. And like you say, he knows that he's the backup at Syracuse. Why not go try somewhere else and and potentially win the job? I'd be surprised to see him on the field at all for the rest of the season. But he'll have all of off-season at a new program to uh, to try and stake claim at another at another another program.
0: Absolutely. Next bit of news is that Louisville will retire Lamar Jackson's number eight jersey at a special ceremony during the Cardinals game against Syracuse on November the 13th. Jackson was the first Louisville player to win the Heisman Trophy and the youngest to receive it at 19. Wow 19 years old that's very young. He also passed for 9043 yards and 69 TDs during his career at Louisville Jackson became only the second Cardinal to have his jersey retired after Johnny Unitas, whose number 13, was retired in 2003. This feels like it's not too late because of what Lamar Jackson's done since coming into the NFL. He's obviously progressed as a player that we've seen from his first year in the NFL to now. Now he's starting to really throw the ball about. Baltimore looked like a slightly different team this season. That's perhaps maybe because of J.K. Dobbins' injury. We don't know. But coming back to the college side of things, obviously, when he was at Louisville, it absolutely he was the reason they ticked.
1: Yeah, he definitely was, and he's arguably their best ever player. He's the best player to come out of to come out of Louisville. Uh, they're already make they're already doing a statue for him. Um, me and Tom covered that a, a couple of months ago now, I believe. But it's uh, it's not surprising that they that they are doing this as well. Maybe the timing is a bit surprising, considering he's still relatively young into his career. But when it's a college game, you you do see it early doors. And as I say, he's 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 probably the best player to come out of Louisville. You mentioned Johnny Unitas, but they've also had Teddy Bridgewater, and um, I think Jay Gruden was also another one. But apart from that, I mean, Lamar Jackson's head and shoulders above anybody who's come out of there. So it shouldn't be that surprising considering considering what he did there in the time that he was there and and like I say they're already doing a statue so why not retire the number as well
0: yeah I I don't know like I, I hear your point about it being early but if he is of such great stature that we know Lamar Jackson was at Louisville I don't think it's too early I think if the guy is why not celebrate him as early as possible you know it's it's almost like when you get a Van Gogh painting that gets sold for $50 million after the guy's dead. Whereas when he was alive, he was poor because his art wasn't worth anything. And it's, I'd much rather see the, the person themselves celebrated whilst they were not still here. Cause Lamar Jackson's what now 21 or something stupid like that. But I, I just think, I think it's nice to see it sooner rather than later because Lamar can enjoy it as well as, as everybody else can. And, and when you did such a good, when you elevated the program as, as Jackson did, I, I think it's I think it's fair to do it right now. And yeah, yeah, you're not wrong.
1: He'll probably be there as well uh, at that game because I believe they are playing on the Thursday night on that on that week. So we wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, to see him in Louisville for that uh, for that ceremony. That might be. That's probably why they're doing it for them.
0: Question: Ash, where is Louisville in the global world of the United States?
1: Uh, I do not know. Let's have a quick look. Yeah, I just
0: wonder with it being on the Thursday night if they're playing near.
1: They're in Miami on the first, but Baltimore are in Miami. Louisville is in Kentucky. I mean, it's closer than than. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not quite central. It's sort of near Indianapolis, um, just up from Tennessee. Nashville
0: so um, And what about Syracuse where's it Syracuse because...
1: I have absolutely no idea that Well
0: may... here you go Rush Nation Not only is Ash learning I'm learning You're learning a bit of geographical Knowledge here on a college podcast <laughs>
1: Syracuse is in New York well it's it's In the state of New York okay. So, it, so. Is, it, is further, it is further away From Miami than Sorry it's a lot closer than
0: Baltimore But they're playing in Miami on the Thursday So he'll have to travel to I just thought maybe they were doing it that weekend because of some sort of geological, uh, geographical yeah, crossover, but it turns out I'm just talking nonsense as usual. Right, the last bit of news. Washington State head coach Nick Rolovich is unsure of his future as the state of Washington's vaccine mandate has come into effect. Rolovich is not vaccinated but has applied for a religious exemption to allow him to continue coaching at the school. Ash, is is nick rodovich heavily religious or is he applying for it under religious exemption on a anti-vaccination standpoint
1: he has been very outspoken of the vaccination from the outset um i don't know how religious he is i'll be completely honest with you but i do know that he has been against the vaccination from the start me and tom covered it I, well, it was in it was in pre it was in the off season, so it was quite a quite a while ago. There's also a number of his um, there's a number of his coaching staff that have also refused opted out of getting it as well. And I believe he's the only Pac-12 head coach that is not vaccinated. Um, and as you said, the the state of Washington have now mandated any I believe it's I think it's any employee anyone who is employed needs to be vaccinated i believe is the new guidelines i I could be i could be wrong but i'm I'm fairly sure it's anybody who's in employment needs to be vaccinated
0: so that is a massive deal
1: Mm. yeah it is
0: employment as a whole to i mean i'm not i'm not against it you know everybody is entitled to their opinion on vaccination and it's not a pipeline that will probably flow down this evening, actually on a vaccination <laughs> tangent. But, yeah, that's that's interesting. I wonder, I wonder if you'll get it or whether it will be upheld because of how strong Washington State obviously is on the vaccine. Because to put that mandate into effect obviously shows a strong yeah so it's it started today uh,
1: i I don't think well unless they approve his religious exemption there's no way that he's going to get around it without either having it or or leaving um, or, so that, could, this, could,
0: could this be something then that is a really swift thing to come to conclusion with it being a mandate coming to today if the exemption is declined?
1: Yeah, I would say so. I don't think there's any indication that that Rolovic is going to get the vaccination. He's, as I say, strongly against it. So, depending on how quickly they they come up with their um, decision on the um, on the religious exemption, that will be. I mean, he could be gone by BYU. Their, their game this weekend. In all, in all honesty, depending on how quickly the the state of Washington decide to review his his uh, his exemption. I'm just having a look now. Um, reports that, are, that I'm seeing it says without a resolution, it raises the possibility that Rolovich will not be allowed to continue his job past Monday's state deadline to either be back vaccinated or have approved exemption. So the exemption is is, is already going through the the system, but it obviously from it hasn't been it hasn't been uh, it hasn't been approved yet. Um, he's so by the been... end of play their time today. Potentially, yeah. Yeah, potentially. But as I say, he's gone if it's if it's declined because he's he's hard and fast. And he's not getting it. Um, he's applied, as I say, he's applied for the relig- religious exemption and he's also not disclosed. He's not gone into any further detail than that on his reasoning for not getting the vaccine. He's just declined to re- decline to provide any f- additional information as he as he as he well is it's his it's his prerogative if he doesn't want to get it done he doesn't want to get it done but obviously now is a as uh, this state mandate that that, that that it has to be done so we could uh, we could see rodovich gone by the time this this recording's done or, or by the time this recording comes out
0: it's an interesting i've not heard of any other states putting this mandate or a, a like into effect but this is the sort of thing you think you'd hear about on the news uh, this side of the pond with sort of if you want to be employed then you have to have the vaccine i mean that is that's a huge thing you think you'd hear about that just on general news but it's not something that i've i've heard of apart from this i
1: believe there are varying different laws or or mandates i don't think it's quite a law but it's the there's various different mandates across the whole of the the united states uh in in a lot of a lot of the a lot of the different states are doing it um and they've all come into effect in in various different time uh, dates but i think in the grand scheme of things it's maybe half of the states have, have put something in place they're not all like this one like washington's that if the the you, you have to get it done. Some of them are healthcare, some of them are um testing or or there's there's varying degrees of, of of what people can and can't do in different states. So but yeah it's not no it's not been overly publicised over here which is quite surprising considering how heavily we've we've pushed it on our on our side of things.
0: Absolutely I mean talking of misery let's keep piling it on for the LSU fans. Not only was uh Derek Stingley out last week on the IR. Then now, cornerback Eli Ricks is undergoing season-engine surgery to repair an injury that has nagged him all season. So that's their two top cornerbacks and top wide receiver, Keishon Bouté out as well for the season. You mentioned it earlier in the podcast. LSU have got no cornerbacks or wide receivers now. Ed O's going. This is, this is a big transitional period for Louisiana State. It really will be. It it really will be. This is a, a telling
1: time. As you say, they're going to be losing more talent this year in the draft. They've lost their two best cornerbacks to injury, who will then be going into the draft at the end of the year. They lost um, Brennan, their main quarterback, to injury before the season started. And obviously, yeah, Edo's on his way out at the end of the season. It, it's a transition period. It's a... Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how they bounce back from this and, and who they bring in. It's LSU, so they're going to they're going to they're going to um, they're going to get a big name coach in from from somewhere. Um, and and they do have some decent talent still uh, in terms of new recruits. They've got this year's class. They brought Sage Ryan, who's a freshman cornerback. In he is now going to get a bit more time. Um, he was he was a special teams. Sort of bench use spread player. I believe he's not going to be put into their um, nickel slot when they're in certain formations. So he's going to see more time in his freshman year, which is a positive. But yeah, losing those two on top of boot, on top of already losing Brennan, no real run game up until this week. Yeah, it's it's very interesting times. It's, it's to see how LSU are going to bounce back from this.
0: Mm. It's it's going to be an interesting watch over the next well. The rest of the season, then the off season. Let's let's talk some AP rankings. Ash, we've got some movers and shakers this week. Would you like to go first or second?
1: Um, who? I think who went first last week?
0: I think. Um, I I think I did because I did the last one uh yeah okay so yeah i'll go first okay sounds good first so
1: coming in at 25 we have a a a new entry that is purdue (laughs) it's like the music uh, it's that music isn't it yeah (laughs) purdue are at number 25 they have a four and two record and this is the uh the first week back in for them and they've actually broken a well, they, they have broke the record that they had for the longest run without being ranked among Power Five schools. Um, coming in at number 25 this week, and that, that unwanted record is now with Kansas, the Kansas Jayhawks, who haven't been ranked since 2009. Um, I don't know how long it's been since Purdue were ranked. Um, before this, before this week, we'll uh, we'll have a look at that in a minute, but yeah, seeing them back in after what they did this week is. I would say it's, I would say it's deserved. They're four and two records. You look at that and you go, should they really be? Should they really be in there? But when you take off tops, when you take off second in the in the rankings, you, you should be rewarded for that. So I, I have no real complaints at Purdue being sat at number twenty-five. At number twenty-four is UTSA, uh, University of Texas and San Antonio. They are a new entry as well, and this is their first time being ranked in their history. Uh, they have started the season 7 0. They are also the first Conference USA team to make the top 25 this season. 23, another new um, un- an unranked team from last week is Pitt coming in at 5 1. 22, San Diego State move up 2 uh, from last week. They are currently 6 0. SMU also move up 2 to 21. And uh, yeah, I mean, we've already gone over Purdue and, and University of Texas and San Antonio. I, as I say, I have no real complaints at this at this first initial five. I think Pitt didn't have the best game this week, but they still got the win. So there's it's it's, it's probably justified that they are currently sat in the uh, in the top twenty five. There's not many teams below these guys now that I would go that I would say should be ahead of them. In in all theory, as I say, I think Purdue. Possibly a little fortunate to be sat there, but this is reward for what they did against Iowa. Um, I think Iowa State potentially have a ch- uh, do have a shout of being there over a couple of these teams. Arkansas, of course, dropped out this week um, after their is it their second or third loss in a row now. I, I can't remember. I can't remember if it's their second or their third, but they dropped out. So no real complaints on this on this twenty-one to twenty-five.
0: I think it's third they got beat by georgia and then they lost to oh i don't know anyway yeah i think it's third um yeah i think when you look at this list that's in front of us what is it one two three four five five of the top the next well between from 25 to 18 are new entries this year so um this week sorry so it, it shows you the, how finite that gap is between being ranked and not ranked this season. There's, there's you fluctuate on the edge, and you're either in or out. Obviously, with BYU, they're no longer in the list this week. And I, I mean SMU, then moving up two places, even though they were on bye. that. That's a, when you when you think about teams coming in and out, you think they would have perhaps stayed around twenty three, but. Yes, I don't know. And then, obviously, we've got Baylor, 6-1 and one after their win against BYU this week at 20. Auburn are back in after their win against Arkansas. Uh, they're back in. NC State at 18. Texas A&M at 17. And then Wake Forest at, at 16. It's their, that, that one, to me, is... Although they haven't played the best teams, which is perhaps why they're a bit low. Even undefeated at six and six and is a good record for a week.
1: Yeah, I think they could probably feel a bit hard done by not being not being higher and uh, and not moving. They're one of the few teams not to move this week. I think there's three teams in the whole of the top twenty five that aren't new or that have dropped out that, that that haven't moved at all. Uh, and being six and zero in the ACC, top team in the ACC at the moment, and some of the t- programs that are above them, I think we mentioned this last week that we think that they think we think that they should be a bit higher. And I think again, after a, did they play this week? No, they were on bye. They were on bye. Yeah. So I mean, when you see some of the other teams that have moved up that are on bye, there's 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 another one as well that moved that, that didn't play this week. I think it's a bit unfortunate for Wake Forest not to move up. I think. They, they, yeah, they they can feel a bit hard done by. People will always go back to their their schedule so far this year, and again we we discussed it last week. But they have had a kind schedule, and it now gets really difficult for them in in five of their six games. They've got Duke in there, but everyone else they play is either ranked or or one or or a, or a top team. So they're gonna have some tough tough fixtures, uh, but. I think they can feel very hard done by to not have moved up at all this week after um, after how they've started the year and how some other teams around them have performed.
0: And it's, it's, it's with them that you think if they get a few wins, like you say, in the next coming few weeks where their schedule toughens up, they could skyrocket up the board if they end up being 8-0 and because of the, of the tough fixtures ahead. Yeah, well, they
1: have got Army next week and then Duke, so there should be two victories for them. And then from there is then that's the that's that's where it really gets interesting. I think they've got Clep, they've got
0: Clemson, NC State, uh, North Carolina, and I, I remember us talking about it, saying they could possibly yeah. be eight or nine and O before their real tough schedule gets in. Yeah, exactly,
1: yeah. exactly. But speaking of probably someone who. They could probably feel a bit hard done by not being above. Kentucky stay in the rankings after their loss this week, but they dropped from 11 to 15. Coastal Carolina have moved up one into number 14 as they are still six uh, unbeaten at six and zero. Notre Dame coming at, coming in at 13. Ole Miss at 12, and Iowa have dropped from two to 11. So not quite as dramatic. Well, sorry, more dramatic drop than we saw in alabama last week but probably justified considering the way they played because they were really poor and we mentioned we mentioned we need to give Purdue credit and this is probably recognition for them getting into the 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 ap rankings just how well they they stopped iowa but it, it it was such a shame to see the way they've performed this year and then to see that performance from them on the day yeah it was it was it was really poor, really poor, and I think this this ranking is probably justified. I think it's. I, I would argue that they shouldn't be below Penn State. I think if if we're being if we're being even though they lost to Purdue, I think it's a bit unfortunate considering they only took they only beat Penn State two weeks ago last week, and they now find themselves below them. I think they can probably feel a bit hard done by their but you, pro- I, I wouldn't really, I, ca- I can't really argue the drop itself. But and again, obviously, Bama only dropping as they did last last week by four. Iowa and uh, Iowa, the program and, and their fans will probably be a bit, be a bit miffed at how just how far they've dropped after one loss. But it was a, it was a disappointing loss to take.
0: Yeah, they're perhaps below number 10, Oregon, just because of the Oregon win against Ohio State. Um, Michigan State, obviously, above them. They won again, have played fantastic. Uh, They're at nine. Then you've got Oklahoma State at eight, who are unbeaten. Penn State, as you mentioned, at seven. And then Michigan at six, um, who were at eight last week. So they've climbed a couple. Penn State have stayed the same. Oklahoma State they've climbed four places after they they won this week, didn't they? Yeah. 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 So I think you're right. I think maybe Oregon being above Iowa is based on that Buckeye win alone. But then, yeah, there's, there's, I think we mentioned you, well, you mentioned it last week and it's, it's based on the preseason rankings as well as to why Bama only slid a little and Iowa have slidden more. And I think it's, it's that grace at the beginning of the season that we saw with the bam are only to five and and now they're back up to well you'll talk about it in a minute but I think you're right with the Iowa take there yeah yeah
1: definitely as I say I think Penn State are probably the only one that I I think are are still probably a bit too high Michigan State and Oklahoma State the, the move up are justified with the way they've been playing this year and and again, Michigan. Michigan won again. They're, they're not making it look pretty, but they are. They are getting. They are getting the results that they need. So, again, a, a top ten. A top ten is justified. They. They didn't play this week. No, they had a bye week as well. So did Penn State. So, it's an interesting decision to move Michigan up above Penn State when neither of them played this week. That is. That is one thing I will say. That's. That is a that is an interesting decision. <laughs> but speaking of movers, Ohio State coming at five have moved up from six. And another team who didn't play this week, but they moved up to five. Bamers week. Well, the Bamers being outside the top four, four lasted all of one week. They come back in at number four. <laughs> they uh they yeah, they, they had a whole week outside of the top outside of the playoffs. Oklahoma move up one into number three with their 7-0 record. Another impressive win this week. Cincinnati are the highest they have been in their history after Iowa's loss and their dominant win over UCF has seen them move up to number two in the rankings. And, of course, Georgia State at number one after dismantling Kentucky in, that, uh, in this weekend's fixture and are and rightly placed at the top. Still the best team in college. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. I mean, it's it's without question at the moment. I think it's as much as I love Cincinnati and, and and the 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 fact that they are where they are. And I think it's 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 fully justified. I think Georgia are, are a clear are a clear front runner up, uh, probably over anybody at the moment. It's it's hard to argue against that.
0: So two points on this, Ash. I think we should steer clear of Waxing Lyrical about Cincinnati at two this week because we did that with Iowa last week and they fell away hard. So congrats, Cincy. We're going to move on. And I just want to shout out uh, Griffin from I was away for four days for my sister's wedding this weekend. And my sister lived in Utah for three years and she had some of her American friends over for the wedding. And Griffin was a BYU alum and so we were talking some college ball over the weekend and he said that Georgia defence is NFL scary. He said the front seven, you put them on any NFL team and they would do adequately enough as a team of themselves in any NFL team. And we mentioned it last week, the fact Griffin said it in a completely irrelevant, he didn't know I did a podcast until this morning, so he didn't even hear me say it and was just confirming what we were talking about, Ashes. It's, it's it's plain and simple that, like you said, they are the best football team in college right now. And it's going to take either an off week, like Iowa had, uh, towards the end of the season or in the playoff run, or a team that, like Bama, on their day, could possibly score enough to keep Georgia tight and and, and sort of ask Georgia to do the work on offense rather than defense. But that like, that's, for me, the only way I can see them being beat right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I would completely agree with you. And as I say, we mentioned it last week. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's draw just to lose. So we'll just have to watch this space. They're off next week. So don't expect them to be moving anywhere off the top spot. Just before we move on, uh, the, the teams that did drop out, there are five teams that dropped out of the rankings. Florida, Arkansas, Arizona State, BYU, who we already mentioned, and Texas, who are doing their best to stay out of the rankings at the moment (laughs) having a week where they narrowly lose out to Oklahoma and then coming up against I can't even remember who they played who did they play um Oklahoma State Oklahoma State uh, and and yeah, and, and losing that game. Credit to Oklahoma State; they 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 played well, and they 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 beat them. But yeah, Texas are so up and down at the moment. And just one final point: Florida dropping out for the first time this season. It leaves the state of Florida with no ranked teams currently in 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 the, in the AP rankings. This is the first time this has happened since two thousand and eleven. So, ten years since the last time a Florida State team or a a, a team in the state of Florida. And not in the uh, in the AP rankings. And when you
0: think about it, there's some big teams that aren't in the rankings. From Florida, with just it's crazy. I mean, Arizona State losing to Utah. Arizona State have looked solid for the last four or five weeks after, uh, apart from that BYU loss, and then just get sort of waxed by Utah in a, in a game that Utah haven't been great this season. So you think Arizona State would have walked that one, but it was surprised to see that result when I flip the phone on to have a quick look it's um I am a big fan of how the rankings have fallen not necessarily this week but just in general this season actually it's not uh, like last season when you watch it there isn't a lot of movement it's all a bit stagnant we know what's going to happen whereas this like I mentioned it earlier there's five teams who weren't ranked last week people are up and down even with bye weeks and having i'm having a good time watching it when it's released on yeah. monday yeah it is always
1: fun to see especially when you especially when some of those shocking results come out it's always how's this going to affect the rankings? <laughs> we mentioned it we've, we mentioned it yesterday was it yesterday or the day before when we it was yesterday wasn't it we were texting after the games yeah. and i said i said a, a few bits and yeah seeing them come out and it's yeah it's good to see cincinnati <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right, Ash, let's talk some five-yard showdown. Everybody loves to hear about the college side of things. As usual, my phone is my webcam, so I can't see the standings. This is all going to be on you, big man. There is only one unbeaten team, and that is last year's runner-up, Jack. He remains perfect at 7-0. Jord sits second, clear second now at 6-1 and with his sole loss coming two weeks ago against Jack. And then it's pretty tight from there on in, right? It is, yeah. So uh, as it stands at the moment, you sit f- at
1: three with a uh, four and three record uh, with the best points total, which which gets you uh, at three. But there are three other teams that are currently also sat at a four and three record. You've got Rich, Dynasty Island, uh, myself, and also Adam, um, who is also sat at four and three. So We've got the first two and then it's really tight because after those four all sat on a four and three record, we've then got four teams who are sat on a three and four record. So this middle middle of the of the table is so tight. Dougie, Ollie, Tom and Shane are all on a three and four record. So. It's really, uh, yeah, it's really interesting as, as it stands at the moment. Um, you've then got Murph, who is in eleven at the moment with a one and six record. He's been quite unlucky, to be honest, with his injuries and quarterbacks in particular. Um, I've been, I know he's got, I know he drafted Spencer Rattler, who of course got benched last week, and I believe was benched. I don't think he played much at all um, in the. In this week's game, did they play this week?
0: Yeah, Caleb Williams scored four touchdowns through the air and one on the ground.
1: I don't think he played much, if anything, in the game at all. So, and he's also got um, Cordillero, the Hawaii um, quarterback who's been injured. Tank Bigsby, he, he's been Miles My- Brennan. Yeah, he's been really unfortunate with 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 his quarterbacks in particular. Uh, and then we've got Connor, who is on O and seven, who I believe has given up from what I can see (laughs) he might not have done but he's got Dylan Gabriel still in his lineup he's got Romeo Dube still in his lineup so I'm not sure he might it might be it might be tactical uh but yeah he's uh yeah he's he's currently sat at the bottom with a with an 0 and 7 records but it is very interesting um there's been some big games I think me and you played each other recently didn't we we played each other I swear we played
0: each other wasn't it like week two we played didn't I give you a right, good thumping? I didn't
1: realise it was that long ago. Oh, oh yeah, it was. Sorry. No, no, I beat you, you mean. Sorry.
0: I beat sorry, you by yeah, 4.85 four,
1: four, four point points. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Sorry. And then the next week, I got absolutely thumped by George. Yeah. Uh, no, so I swear we played each other more recently. But, yeah, maybe I'm, maybe, maybe I'm thinking of someone else. I'm in real trouble this week because I've got a lot of people on buys. So I am playing Connor, though. I will need to give him a nudge in the group because I don't want to. I don't want a free win, but at the same time, yeah, it's uh,
0: it's you going to be an interesting
1: one for me. And you've got Jord as well, so ah, listen. Uh,
0: I've got myself a quarterback conundrum now. For some reason, no one else put a claim in on Caleb Williams, so did not. Uh, no, I just got free reign on Caleb Williams, and yeah. So Thanks. next week, do I start Tanner Mordecai, Caleb Williams, or the Louisville guy? Oh,
1: no. uh, yeah, yeah. Of course, you had Hayden Hooker as well, but he's gone. He's injured, isn't he? So,
0: Is he injured? Did Hayden Hooker get injured?
1: Yeah, yeah. He could still be back next
0: week, but he... I mean, he he's... he was only a bi-week fill-in. I only yeah. wanted him to go off in that game, and he did. And... Yeah, okay. Um,
1: yeah. Oh, who's... It's, it's, I, I mean, could not Caleb believe... Williams has got Kansas, so that's an easy start. Um... Louisville have got Boston College and SMU have got Tulane. I would prob me personally, if I was doing your team, I would it would be ta- it would be Mordecai and
0: and Caden Williams for me. You, uh, I've got this. I, I completely agree, and that's where you know I've been pounding Tanner Mordecai's drum since week one when I came on. I've got this sort of hoodoo feeling that after. Malik Cunningham got me to the final last year and won it for me and I've got him on my team this year and he's been playing well if I bench him everything could go south I don't believe in anything like that but I've just got this little feeling there's a bit of trouble in it, if that happens I don't know how my bye weeks look this week I know I had bye week apocalypse last week you've got it again this week
1: yeah you're going you you have you need another wide receiver you haven't got enough even with my bench yeah, you've only got one. You've got you've got three running backs, two quarterbacks, and only one wide receiver. You need three wide receivers. One you've got one that's in your flex, three in your actual wide receivers are all on buy, and the other one in your flex is on buy as well. So you've only got two out of three. So you can fill the you can fill the flexes up with uh, with running backs, but you're going to be one short. Myself, okay. <laughs> here we go. Yeah, so. St- uh, I'm alright at quarterback I say I'm alright actually I need to just I, I haven't done it yet but I need to just drop DJ I've got your angalele, and I just need to cut bait I had to I started him this week stupidly because I forgot to set my, set my lineup. no I didn't sorry Stroud was on bye week so I had to play him because I didn't want to pick anyone else up didn't realise didn't see Caleb Williams annoyingly <laughs> um, I'm yeah I'm in an interesting spot myself actually I may be all right. I might have to go to the waivers because my bench is not overly healthy, and I've got f- six starters on bye week. So, yeah, I'm going to need to go to the uh, I'm going to need to go to the, the waivers That's myself nice. as well. I've been hit by injuries as well, which is annoying. Cameron Peoples from App State started the season really well. He's now been down for a, a number of weeks. Will Shipley, Clemson freshman, hasn't been fantastic, but he was scoring points for them. And uh, Jalen Robinson from UCF, so. Yeah, I've had a I've had a bit of a torrid time of injuries, but we move. And as I say, I've got I've got Connor this week, so if I can, if I can get some players in, or into the uh, into the starting lineup, I'm, I'm I'm
0: hopeful. I'm I'm confident of a victory in that one. So you just need consistent points against Connor to get you through that one. Whereas I've got a massive uphill uphill battle here against Jordan. I say that I'm scoring points for fun at the moment. You are you are. I think you are. Are you
1: highest or second highest point scorer? Some of look by fantasy points. You yeah you. So you are only behind Jack in in scoring wise, but you're also uh, third worst in conceding points as well. So your matchups
0: have been horrendous
1: <laughs> week yeah.
0: to week. And I'm still third. So you yes, know, exactly. When that when that slackens off, the burners get hit, and I'm I've only got to get to the playoffs. That's the yeah. You know, I was looking at. I mean, one NFL. Talking, going back to fantasy quickly. I just want to get this off my chest. I'm in one league where I am fifth, scoring fairly well. I'm 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 playing every. I'm 362 points, number one against points against more. I've had 362 points more than number two scored on. (laughs) (laughs) Every week I play a team on top form. It's absolutely ridiculous. That sort of thing that that haunts you in fantasy football. Ash, let's talk through some weak results. All-Star ACC, Virginia beat Duke 48 nothing. Nothing to see here. Move on. UNC got a good win against Miami. They won 45-42. We mentioned Pitt struggled but got a win. They beat my Hokies 28-7, which is never an easy place to go to. Lane Stadium went into Sandman's rocking, but 28 points is a fairly good score there. NC State beat Boston College 33-7. Boston College were going well without starting quarterback Phil Djokovic, but NC State, uh, Ash is just changing a typo he's made there from NS State, but I saw right through it this week. <laughs> and then There's
1: always one. There's always one.
0: Yeah, and then Clemson beat Syracuse 17-14. We, Ash and I were talking about this pre-roll. I thought it was a last-minute walk-off. Looking at the score 17-14, I thought Clemson had scored a last-minute field goal, but actually Syracuse were down ten, scored a touchdown, made Clemson punt, as Ash said earlier, and then missed a forty-eight-yard field goal to tie it up. So, yeah, that's a tough one for Syracuse.
1: <laughs> another, another unflattering display by Clemson. <laughs> I really, I really don't know what's going on there. DJ isn't the answer. Is the first thing I think he, that is that is what we
0: know he's not the answer to them, unfortunately. Do, do, obviously they've been, they've had a riches of talent with Lawrence and uh, Watson Watson before that. Are we, do we think that DJ's obviously he was so highly ranked, excuse me, so highly ranked coming out of high school with Bryce Young. You know, there was those two neck and neck. No one was quite sure who was the better option. Is how often do we see quarterbacks of that talent just vaporize at the top level? Uh, it's. I mean, when it comes to
1: college and, and high level recruits, it does happen, not on a regular basis, but it, it does happen more often than, you, than you'd think. Um, but I think the expectation on Yuanga Lele, it is was so high, like you say, because of the because of the guys who have been before him. His, the expectation was always going to be high on him, and possibly what the the, the players around him are not quite at this the, that level as well. They lost some talent, and yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult. I don't think they're gonna. I, I wouldn't think they're gonna cut bait on him yet. But he he has really, really been unflattering. Like he's been hounded in the pocket, but at the same, but he. His reaction, his decision making in those moments has been poor. Not, uh, not something you expect and you you want to see from a team's quarterback. Like from a team like Clemson for their quarterback to do. But I don't know. They, they've got in a couple of young guys. They have got Hunter Helms, who's a freshman coming in this year. I think he was even four star, five star. So he he hasn't played yet, but he is sat there in the wings waiting. And potential will potentially will um, push for it. Um, a start uh will taylor is another f- i think no sorry will taylor was a five-star freshman this year i believe um their backup who is got an almost as difficult name as your Lele to say tayson <laughs> foma chan foma chan i believe is how you pronounce it but it doesn't read like that but he um he <laughs> he's he's also there he hasn't played it down yet either they're all, it's a very, very inexperienced group under centre and in front of an O-line that is un, underperforming massively with a run game that is not really there, especially now with Shipley gone. Um, they've got Kobe Pace and a, and a couple of other guys, but it's just as a whole, this offence isn't performing as people would expect, and the results are showing now. Mm-hmm. I mean this the, the, yes they won this week they sit four and two on the year but only beating Syracuse by three points for a team like Clemson with the way they've played in the last few years people will look at that result and go what is happening there and then you just got to look at uh, Yuaga unfortunately not just him it's not just him it's, it's it's the team as a whole but a lot of it will be on him because he has drastically underperformed to expectation yeah um so, but yeah, it's just it's not going well for Clemson at the moment. No, sir. Big Ten though, we have a number of fixtures. Despite all, almost all of the top teams not playing this week, um, bar one: Michigan State beat Indiana twenty fifteen. Apart from that, none of the other ranked, sorry, one of the ranked team play, which we got, which we we'll get onto in a moment. But there's, no, <laughs> there's no Ohio, no Penn State, no Michigan. Nebraska lost out to Minnesota 30-23. Northwestern beat Rutgers 21-7. Wisconsin beat the Army 2014. And the other ranked team that played in the Big Ten this week was Iowa. And of course, as we mentioned earlier, they lost to Purdue 24-7. And they were, Iowa were incredibly poor, but Purdue played this game incredibly well. On the defense, on the special teams, and on the offense as well. Aiden O'Connell had a fantastic game under center. David Bell is a beast, like we've seen, like we, like people. A couple of years ago, he was the top-rated wide receiver coming out of college into the NFL. That dropped off a bit with some of the players around him performing. This game, career best, two hundred and forty yards, I believe he had. He had a monster game and he's put himself right back on the map against a team like Iowa, against a defence like Iowa that has been shut out up until this point. Mm -hmm. He put 240 yards and he looked like a beast. And and as I say, Purdue just front and centre, back to front, were were phenomenal and and Iowa were poor. Spencer Spencer, um, Petras was just throwing wild balls. I think he threw four interceptions. Uh, Yeah, four interceptions. He didn't get benched, no, no. They haven't got a backup really. They they (laughs) they can't afford to bench him. But he should have did. He should have been. If they had a semi-capable backup ready to step onto the field, he would have been benched. He was that bad. He was he was shocking. So yeah, he it was just a it was just a poor display throughout for for Iowa and a justified result for Purdue.
0: Yeah, I. With David Bell, I've not had a chance to properly look into his tape yet. But like you mentioned, he was a top-rated guy a couple of years ago, and everything I've heard talked about his skill set this season is he is as NFL-ready as any receiver in this class. So it would be—I'm really looking forward to diving into his tape for for the playbook this year because that's going to be so good, so good. Let's uh, let's swing over to the Big Twelve. We've got five fixtures this week. Oklahoma State, as we mentioned, beat Texas 32-24. That capitulation against uh, Oklahoma by Texas, what were they, 21 points up at one point in the Red River rivalry? That has done them no favours whatsoever. Another game where they gave up a load of points. 16 points, I believe,
1: Oklahoma State scored in the fourth quarter to win Mm. the game.
0: That Sarkeesian has a bit of work to do on defense there, uh, yeah, Texas, that's for sure. As we mentioned again, Baylor beat BYU 38-24, Texas Tech, the Red Raiders beat Kansas 41-14, Iowa State got a good win against Kansas State 33-20, and then Oklahoma, as mentioned, Caleb Williams balled out, they put 52 up on TCU who could only score 31, that conversation about spencer rattler caleb williams starting for oklahoma he's dead in the water now it's it's caleb williams all the way right
1: yeah unless he puts a foot wrong or gets hurt it's it's hardly unlikely that we're, that he's gonna uh he's gonna lose that lose that that spot i'm just having a quick look because i know he spoke about it earlier but i just wanted to check yeah spencer rattler if he touched the field he didn't throw a pass so yeah this is this is the caleb williams show until further notice until as i say either he he does something drastically wrong or he gets hurt it's his show now uh, and he he looks all the talent that 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 people were expecting and spencer rattlers quickly come from the the best quarterback in college the number one quarterback for the 2022 draft to what do you do with spencer rattler Hero to
0: zero, That's it that really has got to be a massive knock on the kid, hasn't it? As as a kid going into a season at Oklahoma, expecting to be the number one draft in the NFL draft, it was almost a given, wasn't it, as to what we expected? And it's just vaporised in front of him and us. It's, it's crazy. It's really <laughs> unexpected as well. Like, I... I
1: me and Tom have spoke about it a few times last season and, and leading up to this season that we weren't 100% sure on Spencer, Spencer Rattler. There was at times on the field that he's shown poor judgment and poor decision-making and rash decision-making, but I wasn't expecting anything quite like this. He was still a, a highly rated guy for me, not, that, not the number one, but he was still a highly rated guy. And, and now it's just, yeah, he's just, absolutely mudded and it's crazy like that it's just happened so quickly in front of our eyes last week like it happened last year in the red river rivalry he got benched but he came back this year he didn't get a chance to come back because caleb williams the guy behind him now is so good that he he wasn't given the luxury to get back on the field (laughs) and and that could be it now we could be yeah we could we could already see the end of Rattler. It, and he hasn't – I mean, he's, he's a junior, so he could stay another year, go to another program, have a good senior uh, year. He
0: is 100, 100% going to Arizona State. He's going back to where he grew up, Arizona. Jaden Daniels is joining the NFL, Spencer be, Rattler. Yeah, well, Sunday. you heard it here, You
1: heard it here first, Rush Nation. If that happens, stops, you need to get the lottery numbers. <laughs> but speaking of Arizona State, we should probably move on to the Pac-12 Um scores because i i wouldn't want jordan to get upset with me again well no
0: wait wait they've already had some chat when we talked about washington that's state that's
1: true they did actually yeah yeah that's true so we can move on then we don't have to talk about that <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: no we will run through the pack 12 there is
1: a, a, a game we should probably talk about as well but the first game up colorado shut out arizona 34 to 0 washington state who we mentioned earlier could be losing Rolovich as a head coach but in his potential final game they beat stanford 34 31 UCLA beat Washington 24-17. Utah overcame Arizona State, the right Arizona State 35-21. And Oregon beat California 24-17. That Arizona State, Utah game. Utah we seem to be mentioning every week at the moment, whether it's in the news or in their games. They just seem to be uh they just seem to be getting those wins, don't they? And Cameron Rising is uh is is performing, and uh, they they have uh, they have um their running game. I mean, they didn't really have to lean on their running game as much as they they have done um in this game. And I mean, Arizona State, Jaden Daniels, he he looked. I have only seen the highlights, uh, the extended highlights of this game. I didn't, I haven't seen the full game, but Jaden Daniels didn't look to do too much wrong. I think this is more so on the the defensive side of it. They just couldn't stop Utah, um, and uh, I believe that they were up twenty. I think mean, they were up twenty-one-seven at halftime. They didn't score a point in the second half, and um, Utah scored twenty-eight to obviously win thirty-five twenty-one. So just a just a complete capitulation in the second half for, for Arizona State. Saw them lose this game and and lose their their ranking.
0: Yeah, that's a big-time turnaround, that, considering we've seen Arizona State be fairly solid. All right, in the game against BYU down at the Rock, they struggled with fourth-quarter penalties because it got so loud down there, and there was a whole load of offsides and false starts. But that's some turnaround by Utah there to, to score 28 unanswered and come back and win 35 21
1: yeah, definitely. With everything that's been going on there as well, it's nice to see them get a nice little run of uh, a run of form going, and they're looking good. They're they're unbeaten in the conference. They're unbeaten in the Pac-12. They're four and two on the season. So, just like that, after the way they started the year, they're 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 now back in conversation, which is which is great to see. I think they're I think they're top of the Pac-12 South. So, yeah, they're really uh, they're really stating a claim for that for that title spot at the moment.
0: Stanford losing by three—that might be a bit of a surprise, considering how well they've been playing. And then Oregon yeah. only beating Cal twenty-four seventeen. We may have expected a bit more from Oregon there.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Cal has only won one game on the year. Oregon, who before um, before this game, uh, I think who did they, who's uh, who's their loss come to Stanford last week? So two weeks in a row now that they've that they've really been unflattering. But before that, they were looking. They were looking solid, beating Ohio, shutting down um, Arizona, beating Fresno State to open the year, and and just like that, they're back to almost like what we saw last year. But they still sit top. They still sit top of the Pac-12, and yeah, it could be out, it could be out of. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where the Pac-12 is going to go this year. To be completely honest with you, because the the actual conference itself is so open uh, out of a number of teams, Oregon, Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford are still in it, Utah, Arizona State. I mean, there's there's loads. It's really a coin toss on both sides in both the North and the South at which team is going to represent each in the Pac-12 title. What we do know is that there's not going to be one in the playoffs. Yeah,
0: what we also know, Ash, is that we've talked Pac-12 for way too long there. We
1: have, yeah. Let's move
0: on. Let's talk some SEC. We mentioned the Auburn win. They beat Arkansas 38-17. The Texas A&M, the Aggies, got a good win against Missouri, 35-14. It is the Aggies, right? Yeah. Texas A&M, yeah. Texas just, A&M are the Aggies, yeah. As I was reading that, I thought, this is Aggies. And then I had <laughs> a, a, oh, I made an error here and it's not going go down well. Georgia continued to be Georgia. They beat Kentucky thirty. 30- 13, and as Ash told me before we started rolling today, they only gave up their third touchdown on the year against Kentucky. So that's uh, Georgia's defense you don't want to face right now. Uh, South Carolina beat Vanderbilt by a point, so the Commodores come up unlucky again. They lost 21-20. Alabama breeze past Mississippi State, 49-9. And Ole Miss got a good win against Tennessee. Hendon Hooker, as Ash mentioned, got injured. Ole Miss won that one, 31-26. And then the SEC game of the week. Florida lost to LSU forty nine forty two. I've not seen any of this. Ash, talk me through it.
1: Well, Florida lost the game themselves. To be honest with you, they they're, they're continuing with the tandem of the two quarterbacks, um, Anthony Richardson and Emery jo- Emery Jones, both gave up a couple of interceptions, a couple of silly interceptions as well, each that is. They had four interceptions in total. Richardson followed it up with four touchdowns. He had three in the air and one on the ground. And since then, I think he's come out, he came out in the post conference, in the press conference and said something along the lines of um, if he's not going to start, he's going to look to move. And then since then, he's come out and try and sort of distance himself from that and said, "I'm, I'm a Florida Gator and this is my team at the moment blah 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 so he's obviously he's unhappy it's unsurprisingly because at the moment you could probably argue that he's the better of the two again it's another situation but the, the, the Florida are deciding to run with them as a tandem you never know which one's going to be on the field at any one time they're throwing they're throwing really similar numbers in terms of passes and Anthony Richardson is just looking the better guy he looks a beast he's I think he's like what six four six five I seen it I was watching the game um this morning and he there was him and um Emery jo- Emory Jones sat, stood next to each other and Anthony Richardson is just a, a big it's a beast compared to, to Emory Jones and I think Emory Jones is like six two so Richardson's got to be like six four six five and he's great on the grounds. He's he's he bullet he bulldozed his way through um, for the for the touchdown. But yeah, I, I, all credit's got to go to LSU in this one. They they played. Max Johnson had a great game through the air. They actually had a run game. That like they actually had a run game. Ty, um, Davis Price, two hundred eighty-seven yards and three touchdowns. We've mentioned it a couple of times now. That LSU have not had a rushing game at all, which they need because their their passing game has lost boot and it has outside of boot. It's got. Uh, but it's, it's not got anything. But so for type for Tyron Davis Prince to actually come in and, and get almost three hundred yards and three touchdowns, he ran he ran the he ran LSU to this victory. But it was a great game. It's back and forth, and Florida did all they could to lose it, and eventually they did. They they couldn't they couldn't quite get it back from there, and um, it was just a it was a solid end to end game. I think it the the game ended with richardson throwing an interception for them to trying to do a final a final drive and then obviously lsu saw the game out but yeah really really back and forth like throughout the whole game barring i want to say like the second quarter um lsu put up three touchdowns and i think that's when two or three of the um florida from memory for florida interceptions came so i think barring the second quarter it was a really tight game and then as i say LSU managed to come up with an interception
0: on on Richardson to to see the game out. I mean, you know, I'm I can't possibly question Dan Mullins' coaching techniques or principles, but for Anthony Richardson, it must be it is exactly the same story when he watches Oklahoma and Caleb Williams come in, and because when Richardson played his first game, he absolutely smashed it, didn't he? he came in, scored that huge touchdown run, and. He was gonna be the next guy. I picked up a hamstring knock, so Emory Jones started the week after. But Anthony Richardson must be looking at Caleb Williams, thinking, you know, over there, the better quarterback's now playing. And if I'm playing better than Emory Jones, why why am I not giving a fair shake? It and it's 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 unfair, you know. No, unfair's wrong. It's it's the world we live in now where if you say something, whether it be an interview or social media or anything. You can't take it back. Even if you delete the tweet or remove the post, somebody out there has seen it, grabbed it, and it's out there in the world. So, yeah, I can understand his frustrations, but perhaps somebody needs to see somebody a bit more senior needs to get in his ear and just be like, uh, you need to, you know, just careful what you say because it might come back to haunt you, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, like you say, especially having that injury as a freshman, he, he had some good games before that as, as a sort of. I wouldn't say gadget piece, but he came in as like the, the backup quarterback on, on specific plays. And then obviously he got hurt. And then this, this week back is the first week back that he's had significant play time again. And yes, he, he performed in my opinion, a lot better than, than Jones on the day, despite them both throwing a couple of touchdowns. He just looks more confident um, in the pocket. And then of course on the run, he's, he's, he's not afraid to take a hit and, and to barrel through people. But I agree. He's a freshman and he's, he's had some time out. He, yeah, it's uh, it was an interesting take from him.
0: Yeah, Ash, Ash, come in closer. We need to talk about Cincinnati, but we, we don't do. want to do it yeah. too loud. No, Let's talk no. some Group of Five.
1: <laughs> we will go through some Group of Five before we get on to Cincinnati. We'll just pick. We'll just go through some of our other picks from the Group of Five conferences. San Diego State overcame San Jose State to continue their dominance of the Mountain West, winning nineteen thirteen. UTSA one forty five to zero over Rice. Liberty dropped a game against UL Monroe losing 31-28. Air Force beat Boise State 24-17. Nevada kept keep up their impressive season winning 34-17 over Hawaii. Louisiana Raging Cajuns beat Appalachia State for 41-13. And Fresno State shut out Wyoming 17-0. And then of course cincinnati beat ucf 56 21 to see themselves climb to number two in the rankings and another game where it was all about the run game jeremy ford is a beast if you haven't if you haven't watched any of his tape yet i would highly recommend you go and do so he adds four touchdowns on the day 189 yards rider didn't need to do anything ridder only threw for like 140 yards but yeah jer, jer- jeremy ford is a, is an absolute beast he's going to be flying up people's boards he's a junior the way he's playing this year i fully anticipate him coming out and uh, declaring for the draft cuz this this is his year he's always i mean he's i'm just having a quick look at his previous years um in terms of his his numbers Obviously, he came from Alabama, so he was only used sparingly there. It was his first full year as a starter last year. Since so not he performed well. Then, this year is a whole another level. He's already top seven hundred yards. He's had twelve touchdowns now with these four on on the day. Yeah, absolute beast. And do, the way this running back group is for twenty twenty two, don't expect. Don't be surprised to see Jeremy Ford near the top of the pe- of the conversation when people are when people are starting to talk about the 2022 running backs. If he decides to come out, he could. He, I think he probably will do because obviously De- De- Desmond Ridd is going to be coming out this year. He may decide he wants to do it in the same year, or he may decide he wants to do another year with uh, with the Bearcats. But yeah, what what a running back! He was phenomenal on the day. Every time he touches the ball, he looks like he's going for a touchdown. I'm gonna
0: actually check him out. Yeah,
1: definitely. De- I would recommend anybody go and check them check him out if they haven't done so already. But yeah, another dominant display by by Cincinnati, and they they just look impressive every time they they, they step on the field. Whether it's rid of throwing the ball, or it's in the run game with Jeremy Ford, or it's on the defense, they 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 give up points, but they they shut. They can still they can still shut the game down when they need to. And I'm I'm really hoping that they do make it to the playoffs because I want to see them against one of these big boy teams and I want to see how they how they how they could perform up against them this year. I think we did see it last year. Um let me just go back to their record uh, from last year. So yeah, we did see it. Of course we saw it last year. They played Georgia in one of the um New Year's six games and they they narrowly lost out on that game 24-21. Now different Georgia team this year of course however this Bearcats unit as a whole is impressive and they are ranked number two at the moment for a valid reason and I, I just want to see them in the playoffs and, and just to see how they can do this year up against one of those big teams because at, at the moment, uh, on this year and on last year, they, they they fully deserve to be where they are and they've got a very interesting game coming up against SMU in a month's time which uh, which could be, could be a make or break for them um, but yeah they an, another dominant display against a team, against UCF UCF are no pushovers and to be honest in this game
0: they made them look like pushovers. Uh, uh, interesting fact about Desmond Ridder I didn't know this you you might well know this ash is that he the people are talking about him coming out this year and how he's already playing as a professional the fact that he's married with a child I didn't know that he's he's got his home life locked down he's he's ready to be a professional and it sounds to me that he could be definitely up there now as as the number one quarterback taken overall. With especially if Cincinnati go a long way into the yeah the season.
1: yeah yeah. There's two for me: Desmond Ritter and, and Carson Strong for Nevada are my two my two quarterbacks for this year, the 2022 draft. So, I, I, I yeah, I think Ritter is is doing everything right to be to be the top guy. Top guy in the 2022 draft at the moment, and 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 a playoff run. No matter how far they get, and if if they even if they get knocked out in the first round, it's going to do his draft stop wonders. It's going to do his Heisman odds wonders as well, because we haven't spoken about that, but that might be an interesting thing to look at considering the this
0: week's before we go. But I mean, you you, you think if Cincinnati don't get into the playoffs this year, then that's two years that. Teams have been kept out of the playoffs from the group of five, and you think, well, if, if since he don't get in this year, then what does it take to get in from the group of five? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, exactly. Absolutely ludicrous.
1: Right, let's have a quick look before we go at the current Heisman odds. Because I'm seeing a certain Oklahoma quarterback has entered the odds board yeah, as well. No way yeah. it is
0: Caleb Williams. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't know how high it is. I just see. I just see that he. I'm just waiting for it to load up. I'm going to use the trusted Paddy Power, so you can see it in a British odds rather than the uh, the plus and minus. Of, uh, yeah, that's very what.
0: difficult. It's understand. really
1: difficult. So as it stands at the moment, Matt Corral and Bryce Young are still joint favourites at seven to four. Stroud, CJ Stroud is then at 6 to 1 and Desmond Ridder and Kenny Pickett from Pitts are tied fourth at 16 to 1. Caleb Williams is already coming in at 40 to 1. Uh he is ninth favorite after two games. Imagine if Oklahoma run the whole thing that scene. Yeah. and that's in. Yeah. Spencer Rattler's out. You can't you can't. <laughs> you, you can't you can't even put a bet on him anymore.
0: Well, you can't put a bet on him at Skybet now on anybody right. at Skybet right, right now which sucks.
1: Right. So yeah, Kenny Pickett's an interesting one. He's another new entry. I don't uh, hate that,
0: Kenny. Pickett. No, nor do I.
1: There, yeah, he's he's playing very well. I, I would say it's probably we, we discussed it last week. I still think it's probably I think it's Matt Krause to lose, or or, or C J Stroud with his with his schedule. But yeah, I can't see. I, yeah, I think it's Matt Krause to lose at the moment.
0: I, I think I'm still where I am. I think I, I still would rather see Jay Stroud over Matt Corral, but yeah, at least same, if we've but... <laughs> <if, yeah. laughs> Obviously, that would, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, Rush Nation, Ash and I have been talking off air. We've got some exciting things coming your way in the next few weeks, so stay locked in for that. Ash, thanks so much for uh, holding the fort today. You've been fantastic with me being on a uh, on a wedding weekend, so I appreciate you once again, brother
1: welcome. Fun as always. Really yeah, man. enjoy yeah. it
0: again. It's, it's, it's always good. I'm hugely, hugely loving college football right now. Rush Nation, if you are in the market for male grooming, Manscaped, use the code 5YARD, you know what to do. 20% off and free global shipping. Last warning, this is the last podcast on the 5YARD College channel for a wee while going forward, so subscribe to 5YARD Rush. But as always, it leaves me with one thing to say. And that college football is absolutely amazing. And that is because Saturdays are for rushing too.